Welcome to the Rainer Strength and Nutrition Podcast, hosted by Liz and Michael Rainer, the husband and wife team behind Rainer Strength and Nutrition, where our mission is to empower athletes of all levels with the tools and knowledge to fuel their performance and accomplish their goals. So whether you are training for your very first 5K or your 50th triathlon, we are here to provide you with all of the information to succeed in performing your best and accomplishing your goals. Thanks so much for listening. Happy New Year and welcome back to the Rainer Strength and Nutrition Podcast. I'm Liz Rainer. And I'm Michael Rainer. And we are your hosts. In honor of the new year, today's podcast is about one of our favorite topics, which I feel like I say every single time, yeah. <laughs> but it's all, all about habits. So if you set some goals or created a resolution for the new year, this episode is going to take you through what habits are, why they matter to your new year's goals and resolutions, and how to break old habits and set new ones. So to kick it off, we thought it'd be fun to just share some fun facts about habits. So scientists at UCLA suggest that on average, it takes 66 days to form a habit. It's so a really you, long time. Yeah, it's longer than you'd think it would be. So if you're finding that it's tough for you to create some of these new habits that you planned to start in the new year, give it through mid-March. Yeah. Um, that's about how long it's going to take. So that's our first fun fact. Yeah, and habits are also a way for your brain to save energy. So our brains only make up about 2% of our total like body mass, but they account for 25% of the oxygen that we take in. So almost a, qu or a quarter of all of the oxygen that you breathe in goes to fueling your brain. So habits are a way for our, our brain to save energy and just automate you know, a lot of the things that we do routinely and a lot of. Um, habits also, it's important to note, aren't inherently good or bad. Like I said, they're just a way for our brain to save energy by automating things. Um, so yeah, they're not good or bad. Yeah. So take a sec to just sit in that one for a second, because I feel like we only think of habits as good habits or bad habits. And the reality is our bodies and our brains are super efficient and so smart. And so they, our bodies use habits like these kind of automated processes as a way to, um, just be as efficient as possible for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, so this is probably, y'all are probably going to think, of course, it's easier to form a new habit than to try to break an old one. So habits are, and I know 66 days probably doesn't sound easy, but it is easier to form a new habit than to try to break an old one. So if you have a habit that is like decades old, give yourself a break. It's going to take some time to break it. Um, and we'll talk more about that later on. Um, so this is another piece of that. We don't really actually seem to get rid of old habits. Instead, we kind of foster in our body competing habits, which is why when things get really tough, we slip back into those old habits when trying to change them. So it is really common that if you're going through a tough time and you had some old like unhealthy coping mechanisms that maybe you fall back into those. But again, we'll talk more about specific examples later. So that is a little bit of fun facts about habits for you. Hopefully that, that captivated you and you're ready to, to learn some more. So first we're gonna talk about what a habit is and then we'll talk a little bit more about the ins and outs and some tips we have for, for breaking them. So a habit, I'm gonna share a couple definitions of what a habit is if you're not familiar. So a habit is just a regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. So again, it's, it's deep rooted, um, in the body, another way to think about it is an action that's triggered automatically in response to a cue that's been associated with the performance of that action. Um, so again, 
habits or actions that are in response to a cue in your environment. Um, and it's just, and again, a simpler way to think of it is just a, a regular practice that you, you do day to day. Um, so according to researchers at Duke University, habits account for about 40% of our behaviors on a given day. That's crazy. Almost half of what you do in a day is habitual. And if you think about it, it really makes sense. Yeah. Like day to day, do you really have to think super hard about like putting tying your, your shoes, on. putting your seatbelt on, locking your doors, you know, washing your hands after you go to the bathroom. Um, yeah. I don't know, for some people making the bed. Um, so many little things you do in your work day probably too that are habits. Um, checking your phone yeah. when you're bored, like everything. And so if you think about being able to like hack your habits and some of these tips we'll talk about later, it's such a powerful tool um, for you for the future. Again, because so much of our day is is habitual. And so if we can really learn about how to to modify those habits we already have and create new ones, really setting us up for success. Yeah. Um, so the tricky thing about habits is that usually we don't even realize we're doing them. One of my favorite examples is literally every time I leave the house, I'm scared that I didn't lock the door or shut the garage door or something. And I do it every single time. I have yet to not do those things, but they are just a habit. And so when my mind is on other things, again, saving that energy, my brain's not having to put a lot of effort into locking that door. It just does it. So some habits have become so ingrained that we don't even know they're there. So if you've worked with Michael and I as dietitians or me as a trainer before, we talk a lot about habits. It's like a core principle of our our way of approaching nutrition. Um, and the first step is to, to identify them. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk more about that later. But um, a lot of the habits you have, you don't even know that they're there. Like there's things that are habits you do day to day that you don't even think about because they're so automated. Um, so a good example of this is like autopiloting home when you meant to, um, go somewhere else. I gave a presentation on habits a couple years ago and Michael and I had moved from our first apartment together to our second and they were very close together. They were on the same street and we would always pass our old apartment to go to our new apartment. And for months, months after we moved, both of us at times accidentally pulled into the old apartments and we'd get in there and be like, what are we doing here? You know what's so funny is you said you talked about autopiloting home mm -hmm. and I didn't know you were going to tell that story, but I was going to tell the story if you didn't. <laughs> yes. It's, and you know, or like if you um, are driving to work and you find, don't do this y'all, this does not seem safe to me, but like you zone out for a minute, but you still make it to work. Like you yeah. take all the right turns and stuff. Um, so that's kind of, again, habits are deep in there. They're deeply ingrained in yeah. our processes and this is a quote from a, a research study, but um, habits, and Michael will talk more about this in a minute as well, and it's part of that fun fact he shared about how um, our brains use a lot of energy, so our body wants to, to make that more efficient and like minimize the use of energy, but habits are really cognitively efficient um, because if you automate a common action, like an action that you do a lot... Um, that frees up mental resources for other tasks. So think of like Liz, your example with getting in the car and forgetting to close the garage or thinking you're not remembering to mm -hmm. close the garage door and stuff. Your body's, you know, your brain just automatically closes the garage door, locks the door so that you can think about other things. You can think about which way you need to go to get to wherever you're going. That's yeah. avoiding traffic and stuff like it by automating those things. It's freed up those resources to be able to think about other things at the same time. 
Yeah. And I have some really exciting tips about this one for <laughs> us to talk about later. But um, when we don't have habits, when we have to spend mental energy making decisions all day, every day, you get that decision fatigue and it makes it really hard to do the things you want to do because you're so tired of thinking, yeah. to be honest. And so um, that's one of the cool things about using habits, hacking habits to accomplish your, your goals is if you can really establish a solid habit, it makes it so that even when like you're mentally depleted from work or something like that, you still do it anyways because it doesn't require a lot of mental capacity to do. So yeah. that's a little bit about habits more generally. Michael's going to take us through kind of what's called the habit loop next. Yeah. So like Liz said, we talked about habits more generally, but within that there's parts to a habit and it's called the habit loop. So researchers have found this in studying habits, how we form habits, why we do habits, all of those things. But essentially habits are broken down into a three-part process. And it's a cue, a routine, and a reward. You can also think of it as um, when I see X, I will do Y in order to get Z. So like X is the cue, Y is the routine, Z is your reward. So when I see the refrigerator, I will open it and grab the ice cream pint in order to get ice cream. Yeah. Like if being in the kitchen makes you hungry, that's a cue. Like if you're in the kitchen and you're hungry, then you will do Y, insert grabbing whatever food that being in the kitchen makes you crave, like might be different from day to day in order to get Z, feeling satisfied and full. If it's, you know, more of an emotional eating type of craving, maybe you're trying to resolve an emotion that you're feeling, but that's just an example. Yeah, and we first... Both of us actually read about this in one of our absolute favorite books. It's called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And when he described research on habits that were done at the University of Cambridge, he talked about this loop, which, again, basically just shows that in all habits, there's a cue, which then signals our brain to complete the task, whatever task that may be. And as a result of that task, you're getting a reward. So... It sounds really easy, right? But it's not so easy. Sounds easy to break. Yeah, sorry. Sounds easy to break, but it's not so easy to break. So what research has shown is that over time, our brains actually show the same excitement response that we get when we get the reward. It actually scoots up and we get that excitement response with the cue. So an example of this that was studied was mice. And what they did is when the mice hit a button or threw a switch, they would get cheese. So, you know, your cue is the button or the lever, the action is flipping it or hitting the button, and then the reward is getting the cheese. I mean, who doesn't want to get a piece of cheese? And so what they saw is, you know, at first, as that habit's forming, the, the excitement in the brain builds once they get the cheese. But as that habit becomes cemented, what they saw was that in those mice, they actually got excited when they saw the lever because they knew it would, you know, hitting it, flipping the switch would result in cheese. And, the, and it's the same way with humans. Yeah. And then the other thing that's kind of cool is that excitement response can happen as early as when they're first exposed to the cue. So the lever, like Michael said, but that excitement response, once the habit's established, will still happen even if the reward never comes after the routine. Yeah. So even that excitement peak happens when the mice like saw the lever, for example, um, 
even if when they pushed the lever, no cheese came out. They've already had that excitement cue and that is a craving. So that a craving is what happens when we don't get the reward after the cue and the routine. So if you normally, um, you know, let's say maybe we'll talk about like stress eating. If normally when you're really, really stressed, you crave, you know, sweets, that's a really common thing that happens for a lot of us. You crave comfort food. Let's say you're feeling stressed and you don't have access to those foods or you don't have them for whatever reason and you're really craving those. That's a craving. You are experiencing a cue that normally would trigger you to get a reward, which in this case we're talking about is food, and you don't have it. Maybe you're like at work and all your food's at home. I don't know. That's a silly example, but you get a craving. So then what happened in the research is when like, again, using the mice and cheese example, when they didn't get the um, the cheese, they the brain showed waves associated with like desire and frustration after getting the not getting the reward. So the mouse felt like they really wanted the cheese and they were frustrated that they didn't get it. Um, the actual research, so we've been talking about it with mice and cheese, the actual research was done in monkeys with juice after pulling a lever, just in case gotcha. you're really curious. But um, I also want to share The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Um, I don't know if I said his last name right, is like if you kind of like geek out on sciencey stuff, it is such a good book. And even if you don't, it really practically talks about habits and like it really, if you are not aware of how pervasive and impactful habits are in your life, it's a book that will really, really make you aware of that, yeah. that value. And I think one of the other things, speaking of like how pervasive habits are, is these cues don't have to be a physical like thing. It doesn't have to be a switch. It doesn't have to be an action that you have to yeah. perform to get the reward. Um, these cues can be like a location, right? For some people, it's the cue could be getting into bed at night makes you tired. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a time, like maybe in the morning, first thing, you have your coffee, the reward's getting to drink your coffee. So that cue would be just that time of day. It could also be an emotional state, like Liz talked about with stress eating or anything like that. Um, just being stressed could make you want food. Um, it could be other people, you know, like if you get together with your friends and you have fun, then those people could be the cue to like go do something and have fun. Um, things like that. So yeah. it can be a lot of different things can cue habits. Yeah. So basically what the cue has to be though, the common thing is um, that it has to be immediately preceding the action. So the location, time, emotional state, or other people that are the cue has to be immediately preceding the action. So your cue, if you're trying to hack your habits and create new ones, which we'll talk about in a second, the cue can't be something that happens two hours before you're going to take action. The cue has to be something immediately preceding the action. So again, think about if you're trying to create new habits, locations, times of day, emotional states, other people, all being things that can trigger a new habit for you. So we're going to use this now and talk about how to change or create a habit, which I'm sure is what, what you're all here for, yeah. right? We want to learn how to change and create habits. And we're going to talk more about this in our tips in a second, but this is not a sexy process, y'all. Habits are, honestly, it's kind of tedious. Like, it's pretty basic, and all of us feel like we should be able to change our habits, but obviously, we're not all always successful. So the first part, and this can take so much time in our experience with, with clients, is identifying the routine and habit you want to change. So again, if you like we'll talk about this specific to nutrition because that's what a lot of our clients are, but, and with movement as well, if you 
want to create a new habit or change a habit, like let's say you get home after work every day and you want to work out, but instead when you get home after work every day, you eat a snack and sit on the couch and watch TV. Nothing wrong with either of those options. I'm just sharing an example for if someone's goal is to work out immediately when they get home from work. So you need to identify it first, become aware of what the, the habit you're trying to change is or the habit you're wanting to build or replace it with. And then another step I really like to encourage people to do is like figure out the emotion or why behind the habit. So what's the cue for you? Is it an emotion? Is it a location? Is it a time of day? Um, is the cue boredom? Is it stress? Is it anxiety? Is it happiness? Is it avoidance? And then also figure out what's the reward. Like, why are you doing this habit? So what do you get out of it? Yeah. What are you getting out of it? So in the example I talked about with like sitting on the couch with a snack and watching TV versus doing a movement routine, you're getting the feeling of relaxation and like the, the enjoyment of eating the food and watching TV. Like that's the reward. The reward is a perceived feeling of relaxation mm -hmm. and stress reduction as well if that that activity reduces stress for you and so you've got to figure out what's driving you to do the habit because we're going to use that in a future step so are you trying to like eliminate the feeling so that's a big I feel like with most of the like habits people want to change eliminating a feeling or getting a new feeling is a big trigger for habits. So like eliminating stress, eliminating boredom, eliminating anxiety or avoidance, um, like getting rid of something like a feeling is a big, big drive to do a habit. Um, so again, identify the routine or habit you want to change, figure out if there's an emotion or why behind the habit, what is the reward, um, observe the habit in action, play around with new rewards and routines. So this step can take a long time, but I really like to encourage you to just take some time to observe the habit, like observe your habits. What do you, when you feel X, what do you consistently do in that setting? If it is consistent, that's a habit and maybe you're wanting to change it. So just really observe yourself in action and play around with new rewards and routines. It may even be with that movement example I was sharing, it may be that you're trying to a couple days a week, instead of like getting home, sitting on the couch, watching TV and snacking, maybe a couple days you wanna do a quick little workout. So maybe for the time being, I never like to use food as a reward. So maybe you think of like something else really relaxing and fun that you get to do, but only after you've done the movement. So for example, maybe you're trying to like walk on your treadmill or go for a walk outside. Maybe the reward happens during that. Maybe if you're walking on the treadmill, Maybe you're only allowed to watch TV after work if you do it from the treadmill. Or maybe if you're going for a walk outside, maybe you call a friend, listen to a fun podcast, or listen to like your favorite tunes or something. And maybe you you tell yourself you can't do those things unless you're moving. Yeah. And so that can be a reward um, for the new routine, which is movement. So finding a new routine and then provide, technically the way you would change a habit is to provide the same reward. So in this case, we're talking about stress reduction probably mm -hmm. and relaxation. Likely watching TV while you walk on the treadmill and the act of moving will provide the same reward as sitting on the couch snacking and watching TV, stress reduction. Mm -hmm. So those I are the steps. One of the things to think about too there is like in trying to change it, think of 
maybe you're feeling bored, so you call a friend and usually you just sit on the couch and talk to them. And the reward is feeling relaxed, having mm-hmm. fun, laughing with your friend or whatever. Um, like Liz said, pairing in like a new routine into what is an existing queue mm-hmm. and the same reward. So like Liz said, maybe you walk around. Like if you're chatting on the phone, you have to be walking around. Yeah. And so the queue is still feeling stressed, bored, whatever. You want to call a friend. So you call your friend and you walk around at the same time and you're still getting that same reward yeah. of you know being less stressed, etc. Yeah. And I think that's called habit stacking if I want yeah. like some people call it like habit stacking. So if you want to build a new habit, stacking to a new or an st- existing. Yeah, either tack it during, before or after an existing habit can be a really good good tip. So before we talk about tips for creating new habits, um, I want to to emphasize that this is an experiment. Those steps are an experiment. So it's important to remember that for a while, you may just have to observe your habits and cravings and ponder the why, like figure out what's driving you to, to do these habits, like what are you getting out of them? And um, really only once we have all those details can we make the changes successfully. Yeah. Um, it's problem solving. And if you don't really understand the problem, you can't solve the problem yeah, exactly. usually. That's exactly what I was thinking is you have to understand what's currently happening to be able to change something. Yeah. And again, Michael and I use this so much with our clients for nutrition, like really understanding your current behaviors and then figuring out what you want to do differently. Yeah. And one of the big ones that I see a lot is hydration, right? We talked about endlessly the importance of hydration and people not drinking enough fluid throughout the day. Episode two, if you're looking for a hydration (laughs) update. And so one of the things I'll do is this same kind of idea by pairing like hydration with an existing routine. So for a lot of people, not to get too into it, most people wake up dehydrated in the morning because you've been asleep for hours and hours. Um, And so it's really good to jumpstart your day with hydration. And for a lot of people, one of the first things they do when they wake up is go get their morning cup of coffee. And so what we do is pair in there, create the new routine of drinking a glass of water before you have your coffee. So you're still getting your coffee, but we're jumpstarting our hydration for the day. Yeah. Just to make it like an applicable example. And we talk about this like it's really simple. It is going to take 66 days to be exact, probably (laughs) on average, for you to successfully establish a new habit. So oftentimes we also hear people just being so hard on themselves when they wanted to establish a new habit, like that water drinking example. I mean, I want to do that. I would like to drink. I'm supposed to be trying to drink a little bit more water in the mornings with my coffee before I go run. I'm still not doing it. Mm. Like it's, it's just not, it's, but I, you can't beat yourself up about it. It's not a failure. You're learning about yourself. You're experimenting. Um, really, let's say you plan to do that for a week and you, you didn't do it. Take notes about what worked, like mental notes, like why not? What worked well? What didn't work? When you were successful, how'd you feel? Like, did the new routine or reward satisfy the craving or like give you the same, did the new routine give you the same reward? If the answer is no, maybe that's why it's not working because maybe your your reward for something was stress reduction and maybe your new routine is not reducing stress for you quite as much as your old one was. So of course you're going back to the old one. Um, So we've made this sound... I think pretty easy with these steps. So identify the routine or habit, figure out the the cue behind it, figure out the reward, observe the habit in action, find a new routine, provide the same reward, and repeat and yeah. just kind of experiment. That sounds super simple. It's not. So it's simple. really not. And you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably aware that it's not super simple. But there are lots of tips that can make it simpler. Yes. So. 
we're, I guess we're going to call these next just quick three to four little things we'll, we'll leave you with, um, tips, but really they're, strategies. they're strategies, they're mindsets, they're ways to reframe thinking about this yeah. to help set you up for success. So the first one is that changes don't happen without change. So I love, it sounds, you guys are like, okay, Liz, yeah, whatever. Um, you got to do something different. If you want a different result, if you want to break a habit, if you want to create a new one, something's going to have to be different. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be comfortable What's at the, first. I it's going to take effort. I don't remember who the quote's from, but there's a quote that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different uh, result. I don't, I, that gives me vibes of like Pinterest little <laughs> quote memes from the early 2000s. But yeah, so change doesn't, a nice, a nicer way of saying that I think, um, is that change doesn't happen without change. So if you're expecting things to go different in your life or with your habits, you're going to have to do something different and you're going to have to figure out how to set yourself up for success. So, you know, that's just something really important to consider. And another thing to think about with this, again, just talking about how it might feel uncomfortable or like not natural for you at first we talked about how habits can sometimes be driven by cravings and like, have you ever experienced a craving? Like in the moment, it's not really easy to get through without giving your body the reward of whatever it's craving. So you really have to set yourself up for success ahead of time because in the moment when you're tired or you're bored or you're stressed and you're wanting to establish a new habit to manage those feelings or you're wanting to, you know, do whatever the habit is you're wanting to do, you got to set yourself up for success by making the new routine as easy to do as possible. So a really easy example of this is if you're wanting to work out right after work, um, you know, and maybe for you getting home, changing your clothes and driving to the gym is too much. It's It sets you over the edge. When you get home, you get sucked in to whatever, all the things we have to do at home. So maybe a way to make the new routine easy, if your new routine is going to the gym, maybe the the way you do that is you change at work and you go straight to the gym instead of going home first. Or maybe you change at work so that when you get home, if you're working out at home, you can immediately work out. Yeah. Or maybe you set your clothes out and just everything you need for the workout is completely set up and you literally just get home, slide into the workout clothes and get rolling. For me, when I used to um, work out after work, sometimes I'd wear my sports bra like under my work clothes all day because for some, I actually talked about this with somebody yesterday, ladies out there, you feel me, for some reason putting on a sports bra is a huge limiting factor, like changing bras is just a huge limiting factor, so just having that on already, I was like, okay, it's just my shirt and my leggings, like that's all I got to do, so really making those decisions you have to make leading up to the workout as, or the change as easy as possible, um, so Last little bit on that one before we move on to the next one is you got to believe you can change too. And so in the moment when maybe you're, you had a little, a little moment of, I don't know, a slip up where you've just defaulted back to an old habit, you can't let that get you down and think that you're never going to be able to do this. You just got to be like, okay, what can I learn from this? I can try again tomorrow or I can try again in an hour. Like it doesn't have to be, if it's the fourth of the year today, and you've already kind of goofed, you think you've goofed up with your New Year's goals, you got 361 more days. Yeah. You can make so much progress. And so you just have to keep going and keep making changes in order to see the changes you're looking for. Yeah, and I think some of this is like 
abandoning the all or nothing mindset that if you can't do it every single day, then it's not worth doing at all. But again, like if you slip up, the best thing you can do is just kind of get back to it. Yeah. So the next one that you all have heard me talk about a zillion times is action precedes motivation. So this ties in so nicely to that first tip as well. Um, a lot of times when we're trying to establish new habits or create a new routine, we think to ourselves that we got to get motivated. People will be like, I know what to do. I'm just not doing it. I need motivation. Like it's this like magic pill that successful people have and you don't have. It's motivation. And humans are humans. Some of us tend to be more intrinsically motivated than others, but we're not all motivated all the time. So it's a matter of instead of thinking I need to feel motivated to take action toward my goals or habits, sometimes in that first 66 days, you're going to have to take action in order to feel motivated. And then over time, months and years, it's going to snowball to where you do feel motivated before you take action because it's part of who you are. These habits yeah. are deeply ingrained in you. But at first, you might have to take action before you feel motivated. And so motivation and willpower might not always be there when you're learning and creating a new habit. So you have to figure out how to make the hurdle to taking action as low as possible at first so that when motivation and willpower are low and you're needing a lot of brain energy to do this new habit, you're able to do it because you've removed all the other hurdles. So, you know, whatever those hurdles might be for your goal, just peeling them all away, like looking at drinking more water. What challenges do you face with drinking more water? How can we strip those away yeah. one by one and make it easier? Yeah, I see this a lot with people who are maybe not morning people. And so as a result, they're waking up late. They skip breakfast because they're in a rush to get to work. And so one of the things we do is like back things up and start to prep stuff at night, like prep meal, your breakfast in advance, like if possible, prep yeah. in advance, kind of put stuff in the fridge, like laid out so it's all ready for you, lay your clothes out the night before, just reduce those barriers so that in the morning you can get up, get dressed, grab your food and go. Yeah. And at night, you might not want to do that. Yeah. You might be tired. You might not want, but you just have to decide if this is a habit that's important to you for your health, for your goals, whatever it might be, you're going to have to make some changes and some of those changes might not be the most comfortable. But it's all about figuring out what works for you and again, with your goals and health and habits, what what you're looking for and kind of deciding on those trade-offs. Yeah, to go back to the action precedes motivation piece, I think of it as discipline, right? Yeah. Like you're going to have to exert a little bit of discipline to perform those actions in order to get the yeah. motivation. But again, the more you set yourself up and remove those hurdles, the less discipline it takes. Yeah. So like the further you back out away from the the breakfast rush that Michael was using as an example, you know, if the night before you're not able to do it, maybe it's Sunday for the whole yeah. week. Like, you know, maybe Sundays you don't work, so you're a little bit more relaxed. You, you have more, more free time. You've got more bandwidth. You've had a lot of sleep the last two days. So maybe for you it's Sundays. So Sundays you like, Put together all of your meals, you know? Um, and so again, it's just a matter of backing up to where you can get those hurdles super, super low so that, I mean, if you feel motivated when it's time to do your new new routine, great. It's yeah. going to be super easy, but you're not always going to feel motivated. Yeah. There's so going to be gotta, times where the motivation is not there. And that's okay. That's the point of action precedes motivation is that you're not going to feel motivated all the time. And motivation does make taking action toward our goals easier, but it's not required for you to feel motivated before you take action. Like not feeling motivated isn't like a sign 
that you shouldn't do whatever the action is. Sometimes once you take the action, like think about we've all had one of these workouts before where maybe you really weren't in the mood to go or you didn't feel like you wanted to go and you go and it's like the best workout ever and you leave super motivated. That's the easiest example of action preceding motivation. Yeah. I think one of the other things that's really helpful too is to start small with these. Again, this kind of goes back to what I said about abandoning the all or nothing mindset. Mm -hmm. And we have this idea, this, especially this time of year, right? Like with a new year, people overhaul everything. Yeah, People start thinking about what they can change. And we have a tendency, I mean, we'll pick steps for an example, right? Like say you're getting 4,000 steps a day now. People are like, I'm going to get 10,000 steps a day. That's a huge jump. That's a a very intimidating thing. And so I think sometimes it's easier to start smaller. Mm -hmm. If you're getting 4,000 steps a day now, say, you know what? Let's just start with 5,000 and then 6,000 and then 7,000. Not sometimes too. All the time. It's easier to start small. So that's our last tip for you with habits is start small Pick one habit and pick one change, especially everyone is so busy these days and we've got so much on our plates. Just pick one thing. And it doesn't mean you can't focus on other things too. Like maybe you have like 10 different health-related goals for this year. And sometimes when we, we work with someone, we'll, we'll focus on drinking water and that's the only thing. And people are like, but I also want to do all these other things. We're not saying you can't do them in addition, but for... We're picking one thing to one really One thing focus to on. really go all in on. And typically your motivation and success with that one thing will spill over to some yeah. other things. But if you try to focus on all the things, inevitably a ball is going to drop somewhere during the week and you're just going to potentially, it's going to be a point where you might decide to throw in the towel. Whereas right. if we keep it small and just focus on that one habit, trust that you will not let the other things fall through the cracks. They'll probably maintain or even get a little bit better Um, it's like that quote about like when the water rises in a, what's it called? What's that quote? I don't know this quote. (laughs) If y'all know it, somebody send it to me on like an Instagram DM. It's like when the water rises in a harbor, like all the ships rise. rise. Got it. And so focusing on like, um, trusting that like all your ships will go up if you focus on hydration. Yeah. For example. Um. I did not say that right. I'll figure it out. I promise. But You're like, when the water a- rises. I was like, I got no idea. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but yeah, don't put too much pressure on yourself to tackle too many things at once. The most successful people in the world, it's small wins. It's yeah. focusing on one thing at a time. And then those small wins just stack like bricks over yeah. time. And, um, you know, you can't just chuck all the bricks out there at once and have them build a wall. You got to stack them one at a time. It's kind of meticulous. It's not sexy. It takes hard work, but um, we would encourage you when you're thinking about hacking habits to start small, start slow um, and, and trust that you'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we got for you. That's habits in a nutshell. We wanted to keep this one nice, short and sweet. So um, if you're looking to establish a new habit and need some support, especially if it's related to nutrition and movement, hit us up. We're here for you. But thank you so, so much for listening to the Rainer Strength and Nutrition Podcast, our first one of 2022. You can listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you're there, be sure to follow us on both platforms so you never miss an episode drop. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review. Let us know how fabulous the podcast is. Or if you've got, you know, some requests on content or guests or anything that you'd like for us to cover in 2022, shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and happy, happy new year.